Okay, we're back. Monthly Movie Dispatch. We're doing our Star Wars retrospective. Coming back after a little break. And we are officially into a new world. And when I say a new world, George Lucas has sold Star Wars to Disney for... To the man. Mm-hmm. $4.2 It is funny that you say that the man, though, because it's like... It really was, you know, we just were talking about his original trilogy and how after Empire, he was like, well, screw you, Director's Guild. I don't want to be part of your studio system. <laughs> I'm a man. I'm doing it myself, you know, <laughs> and uh, I'm going to fund it myself. And yeah, but I mean, after mm-hmm. what happened with the prequels and him being like public enemy number one with Star mm-hmm. Wars fans, he yeah. was probably like. Shit, yeah, yeah, four billion dollars or however much he sold it for. I mean, sounds pretty nice. I think mm-hmm. that is the next step of yeah. like toxic Star Wars fans. Is yeah, like after the prequels, there's the whole like the people versus George Lucas uh-huh. thing. Like, mm-hmm. like this guy who was just like, oh man, I have a fun space idea, <laughs> just ended up like being dumped on by these people for doing it wrong. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like that sucks. But yeah, he's like. You didn't do it like what's in my head. Yeah. Right. Like, like yeah. I'm, in some ways, I'm surprised that we're surprised that, like, Star Wars fans are still being awful to people nowadays. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, like, they turned on George Lucas mm-hmm. and told him that he was doing Star Wars wrong. Right. You know? Well, the thing is, like, it's just, it just comes down to, like, how people feel about the quality of the movie and then the legacy... Legacy's fine because legacy changes because we can already see that's kind of coming back around. Like, like once people decided that the prequels were bad, they were so bad. Yeah. And everyone hated every part of them. And I mean, we just talked about them. I don't think any of us think they're like the best movies ever. Like, but but already our opinions have changed. Yeah. Like, I th- well, you know, I still think they're bad. But <laughs> no, totally. You know, but but like I sat and watched them, and I was like, yeah, all right. Yeah, there was some fun in there. Yeah, I think long term, I I think more about the stuff that I like about them than the stuff I don't like. Right, but um, I also like I feel like for the longest time, the Phantom Menace was yeah the worst one. The worst like, movie. Hence, that hence has I did ever the made. Yeah, yeah. Hence mm-hmm. I did the machete cut where it's like <laughs> just cut out the worst wound. Cut out the the Phantom Menace, then you don't have to watch kids. the worst one. It's that the terrible one. But now, shit, I'll watch the Force. I'll watch the Phantom Menace. Yeah, almost any time. Like if someone were to say to me, "Hey, you want to come over and watch uh, Phantom Menace?" I'd be like, "Huh, interesting. I'm into it. Like let's <laughs> let's party." <you> know? <laughs> Clone Wars. Oh man, fuck George Lucas. You know. <laughs> but um, yeah, it is it is interesting. Um, and it, what's interesting too is that like we're part of we're like whether we like it or not like we're part of this yeah we're, like we're, we're definitely in the middle of all yeah that. I mean we're Star Wars fans yeah and we're talking about other Star Wars fans who are toxic but also we were super into the Plinket like mm-hmm. reviews yeah and we still think they're good uh-huh. but like those were just pure negative hateful reviews uh-huh. and uh, you know I don't want to say the word I mean. It's okay to be critical, but I mean, those kind of... They got into, like, you know, saying... Talking about how George Lucas would just sit around set drinking his coffee and, like... It, it was more than just yeah, critiques it got, it of got the personal, movie. Yeah. which is, yeah. like, the thing that mm. bums me out about mm. these 
these things where it's like, oh man, I didn't like that movie. Uh, right. I'm gonna go after somebody. Uh-huh. Right. And like, yeah, it's just, it's weird how that happens. And I mean, like every everyone makes. I feel like every director has made a bad movie. Yeah. I mean, maybe not Stanley Kubrick, but like. You know, Steven Spielberg went back to the well for Indiana Jones mm-hmm. 4. Mm-hmm. And just like the prequels, no one liked those movies. Mm-hmm. But, like, that fan base wasn't as strong as the Star Wars fan base. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he wasn't ridiculed beyond belief until he was shrunk down and not everyone to make a movie again. He moved on. He just, okay, yeah, we didn't like that one. That that was a bad Indiana yeah. Jones movie. <laughs> And now he's thinking about making another one, you yeah. know? And <laughs> Well, okay, yeah. one that, like, I think we should get into talking about the movies because I think a lot of this will come up in the right. conversation about The Last Jedi because part of The Last Jedi's whole thing is addressing something in the Star Wars, like, fan base that, like, okay, we all know the rules of how a Star Wars should work. And if you break those rules, you're a bad person. And, like, that that's, yeah. I, I think there's a lot of that where, like, people were like, okay, I get Star Wars. I grew up with it. It Like, I know how it works. And if you do it wrong, then, like, you're screwing something up for me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Okay. So let's, uh, let's get back into it. Um, episode 7, uh, The Force Awakens. Uh, the Force Awakens came out in 2015, December. Um, main plot points. Uh, Poe Dameron is captured by Kylo Ren while retrieving a map to Luke Skywalker. Because Luke Skywalker has gone into exile. Uh, but Poe Dameron hides the map in his droid BB-8. Um, BB-8 meets Rey and Finn who are being uh, chased by the First Order Stormtroopers. Um, They escape in the Millennium Falcon, which is just at a junkyard. Um, After they escape in the Millennium Falcon, uh, Han Solo and Chewbacca, uh, they track the Falcon and meet Rey and Finn. Um, They uh, start putting pieces together. Um, They're kind of trying to get back to uh, General Leia at this point. But um, in the meantime... The First Order's new weapon, the Star Killer base, uh, destroys multiple planets, effectively crumbling the New Republic that has been set up. Uh, Kylo Ren then captures Rey and encourages her to join him uh, on the dark side. Han Solo, Chewbacca, and Finn infiltrate the Star Killer base. They successfully help Rey escape and shut off the shields so it can be attacked by the Resistance. Han Solo confronts his son, Kylo Ren, and uh, Ren kills him. Uh, Kylo Ren then duels with Finn and Rey. Finn is badly hurt, but Rey overcomes Kylo, and uh, they escape before the Starkiller base is destroyed. Um, R2-D2 then shares the rest of the map uh, to Luke Skywalker with Rey, and she travels to find him, and then the movie ends. So... um, it's like it's almost surreal, like seeing, um, seeing all that on, uh, like just saying those plot points out loud because, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean it sounds pretty much like a new hope. Like it's, yeah. it's almost like wow, that that's basically what happened. Like uh, giving the plans to the droid, uh, Star Killer blows up a planet, 
Um, they have to go and save their friend who's trapped on the on the base, and then Meet disabled. Kind of a, a lower level um, kind of worker scavenger yeah. person. I mean, yeah, similarities with Luke. There. Right. Yeah, there's so <coughs> a desert, a desert orphan. Planet. Yeah, right. there's a desert a, orphan. There's a lot of similarities between with with, with a New Hope, but I just want to say that I feel like I always felt like what the Force Awakens needed to do was set up uh, new interesting characters for um, for this new trilogy and uh, craft um, a new modern style, like a new look for mm-hmm. these movies. Um, because I mean, the prequels have a look. It's like that CG early two thousands mm-hmm. thing. And then, um, you know, the old ones have, like, the original trilogy have their look. They needed to make something, something style. They had to have a style there. And um, I think that they exceed, they, they, they made expectations. Like, they, they successfully mm-hmm. hit those two, those two things. And, I mean, if you think back to it, back in 2015, when, again, we, after Revenge of the Sith, we didn't know if there was going to ever be a Star Wars movie again. Yeah. And at this point, the the hatred for the prequels has like festered. Yeah, I think that J.J. Abrams and his team made a story that was safe, non-experimental, and um, familiar, so that um, they could get the style and the characters off the ground, and um, kind of get the bad taste from the prequels out of people's mouths, mm-hmm. so they yeah. could. They can make you know <clears throat> yeah. twenty five more Star Wars movies. And yeah. to that, like the I think like the first thing I said or thought when I walked out of the theater was, I just watched a, a Star Wars movie. Yeah. Like, yeah. like thank God we got another goddamn Star Wars movie. Like, right. Prequels were their own thing. It didn't feel like a Star Wars movie. This one felt like a Star Wars movie. A right. great adventure story of you know characters kind of rising to the occasion and yeah. Um, <clears throat> And just a ton of fun. So, yeah, yeah, and it's definitely like, um, it's like a variation on the theme, and in a funny way, in the same way that we talked about, a new hope kind of being this, uh, like a remix of, like, the hero's journey and samurai movies and westerns and old serials. Mm-hmm. This is kind of the. It's like a remix of that, you know, like it, it is of the remix. Yeah. Like yeah. it is, it's, it is kind of doing the same thing, but for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is like bringing in new stuff and new ideas and, uh, taking the like characters and elements that we know and love and trying to like tell us what's going on 30 years later or whatever, right. mm-hmm. or 30 years, you know. In, in universe, thirty years yeah. after Return of the Jedi, or whatever, and yeah, I mean, I, again, I'm I'm sorry, but like I I loved all of the characters pretty much in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like I thought, um, like I just thought Kylo Ren was the villain that we needed at the time. Yeah. You know, he's he's just obsessed with the past. Mm-hmm. Like he wants to be Darth Vader so bad, yeah. but he's he's really just like a child. Who has toxic masculinity and just can't really control his emotions? That scene where he just gets some bad news and then just rips out his lightsaber and destroys a computer. It's like, yeah, you're just kind of a brat, you know? Mm-hmm. And then uh, Ray's got this like 
wide-eyed innocence about her where she's I mean yeah she's natural at everything but she's also like really eager and excited about the world that she's going on to explore and Finn's like Finn's like someone who we haven't seen in any of these movies where Mm -hmm. he's his his instinct is fear and to you know fight or flight in that fear yeah his his instinct is to fly is to fight like he's always trying to run and um, I think there's there's good reason to like Kylo Ren's scary, <laughs> and mm-hmm. um, yeah. But it, it wasn't just it wasn't just Kylo Ren. It it was um, you know being faced with that moment of of doing something wrong. <clears throat> and I I was as you were saying that um, the first thing that popped in my head is like is a moral code. But I don't know even know if he has a moral code. It was just yeah. like. It was in that moment he just couldn't bring himself to do it, and um, right, yeah. And the so yeah, it's kind of, of like that. Not not fight or flight, but it's it's kind of an emotional, like, gut feeling or reaction that he he just couldn't go through with it, and mm-hmm. so he he ran away. Yeah. Um, but then well, even later in the movie though too, he, like he's he's tasked with like they're gonna go find the resistance, mm-hmm. and he's like yeah yeah, but I could go jump it. on that ship and go to the outer realms yeah. and uh, be safe. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then even going to save Ray, like Ray was his only friend he ever made, and he's mm-hmm. like, "Yeah, I'll go save Ray yeah. because she's my only friend." But like, pff, I just want to save her so I can guess both to safety. Uh-huh. Like, we need to run. This is yeah messed up. He, he yeah. knows the the first order, and he he yeah. knows how scary they are. And, yeah, um, I think this yeah, one that's a great sets one. up a pretty interesting dynamic between the two of them. That it, the the sequels, the rest of this trilogy, don't really pay off right. for me. Yeah. But um, one thing, J.J. Uh, Abrams is a pretty like flashy, blockbustery filmmaker. Mm-hmm. Um, like, he doesn't get a lot of credit for sort of being an artist, mm-hmm. um, which, like, in large part, I can agree with. Um, but one one thing that I've always appreciated about this movie that I think is a really interesting choice that is pulled off really well is the introduction to both Finn and Rey are like new main characters. Both of them have masks on and don't talk for the like the first like five minutes we're with them. Mm-hmm. And we end up on their side and like relating to them and being empathetic with them before we have like seen them or heard them say anything. Yeah. Even Kylo Ren to an extent. I mean, we hear what he says, but we don't see his face for for quite a while. Yeah, and uh, which I know, like, I'm sure that ties into the whole like J.J. Abrams mystery box, never wanting to tell anyone any real information. But I think I think it works really well, and it's like a testament that you're not mm-hmm. that right out the gate he's not like, all right, this is like Daisy Ridley. She's like very beautiful, and like here she is doing something awesome. Mm-hmm. She the movie like. Her chunk starts with like, here's a weird person in a mask crawling around a crash star yeah. destroyer, just all alone. You just see her doing her thing, mm-hmm. and like you get a whole sense of who she is <clears throat> yeah, and what her day to day is like. I don't think he's he... withholding anything there. I think he is telling you everything you need to know about totally, her character. Yeah, yeah, totally, yeah. and and, it's, and I think yeah, it's, like it works really, really a piece well of filmmaking where you sure. like you get so on their side because you feel like. Uh, at least I, I I feel like you uh, it puts you in their thought process instead mm-hmm. of 
you're not just like watching them say dialogue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're like figuring stuff out with them and <clears throat> yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, th- I think this is a, a brilliant choice and goes a long way to just like, all right, so whatever's up with these two people, like I get them and I'm on board with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I just want to go back to the style real quick. Like I really, I thought that this movie had that modern look that I was looking for completely. Mm-hmm. Like that first scene where she was flying around with the Millennium Falcon. Like I've never seen the Falcon move that way. Mm-hmm. But like, it was realistic. Like uh-huh. I was like, I can, I, I can imagine moving that way. Like yeah. she flew it through those old Death Stars or Star Destroyer, yeah, Star Destroyers, Star Destroyers. <laughs> and but it moved in that like really like specific way where a ship that size would move. Yeah, it had like and, a weight to it. Yeah, <clears throat> and it curved, mm-hmm. and it, it, it there was like a physics that they thought about. Uh-huh. You could just tell, and like and they couldn't with the original trilogy because. You know, they didn't have the technology. They were working with big, blocky sets. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then... Um, yeah, like, even the the prequels, when they could pretty much do whatever they wanted, they, they everything felt weightless. The right. ships were just kind of... I felt like with the prequels, yeah. they were too focused on yeah. doing everything. It was uh-huh. like, oh, we can do CG, so we can do everything. We'll do uh-huh. everything. Yeah. We'll have a million ships. Uh-huh. You know, but it's like, it's not about more. It's about how it makes you feel. And, yeah. like, that, first, that moment in that first sequence with the Falcon where she flips the ship in that certain way so that Finn can shoot after his Uh, gunner got broke. Yeah. Like, it's like, wow. Mm -hmm. Like, we all know the Falcon Uh so well, but never seen a move like that. And it it just, to me, that set the table for the style for all the, like, every Disney Star Wars movie. (laughs) Uh, But, like, even... and, And, like, just the idea of, like, they're taking something we know and like already, but they're, like, they are doing something new with it. Yeah. You know, like... Like, yeah. it is a little fan service to be, you know, like, oh, no, we need a random spaceship. It happens to be the Millennium Falcon. Uh, but then the, the, yeah, they, but then they go it's, and do it's not like just fan service. They're uh-huh. also like, okay, but now also the Millennium Falcon is older and worse. And, like, so, like, we really have to, like, be inventive with how we use this right. idea mm-hmm. rather than just blurt it out because we all recognize it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah. um... You know, so when The Force Awakens came out, I mean, it was a success, made a lot of money. and um, But I think there was a lot of uh, criticism um, widespread about how cl- how similar it was to A New Hope. Uh, do, you guys, do you guys think that was fair? Do you think that's fair criticism for, of this movie? You know, I've been thinking more and more um, lately, ideas are overrated. <laughs> <laughs> I really do think, like... Um, on a superficial level, yeah, there are a lot of similarities. The desert planet, put the thing in the droid, it tries to escape, and there's Star Killer Base, pretty much Death Star. But really telling a good story, it, that's that's not even half the battle. <clears throat> the, the, the bulk of telling a good story is is good writing, good characters, good characterization, uh, and fun act like for these movies fun action and it's the nitty-gritty down and dirty filmmaking that is what really matters and i think this movie um hits on most of those things like i mean mean, it's not it's not perfect but uh and i certainly have problems with it but it's like it it's jj abrams is a really good filmmaker 
and his pacing for this movie, the way he shoots the action, the way um, like everything from the the Millennium Falcon to I love the lightsaber battles. I was just gonna the, say the, the whole trilogy. Like they had like the Millennium Falcon had weight to it. I loved how these things were like looked like they were heavy fucking swords that they were just like putting everything they had into the yeah. sound design. Yeah, the on sound the design. on the lightsabers, uh, it, they sizzled. Yeah, you know there was like a spark that mm-hmm. was literally coming out. I mean, we've seen these lightsabers in so many other movies, but this was the first time where it was like. Wow, that that that's wieldy, you know. And also, I want to say that Finn not being a Jedi, using a lightsaber as a weapon, uh-huh. that was pretty interesting too. Yeah. Like, like because, I mean, at the first time you see it, you don't know if he's gonna be the Jedi or what. Like, what's how it's gonna really turn out? But I mean, he's like fighting a stormtrooper, and he's not good with it. Uh-huh. And this is like one of the first times that you've seen someone really have no force mm-hmm. and just using it like as a sword, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and um, it's not going great. Uh-huh. <laughs> it kind of got his ass kicked a little bit by just yeah. a random stormtrooper. Uh-huh. But I mean, shit, it, it is just a weapon. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I I agree with a lot of the Abram stuff. I I I kind of feel like in general. I yeah, I don't think. J.J. Abrams is necessarily a good storyteller. Like, in the same mm-hmm. way that I was talking about, like, does Return of the Jedi really have any character arcs? This one does more than that. Mm-hmm. But also, like, this is what J.J. Abrams is good at. Like, um, setting setting the dominoes up, mm-hmm. like, planting mysteries, uh, like, intriguing ideas that make you want to, like, be involved more and check things out more. Like, that stuff he's great at. Um, but yeah, overall, I think part of what makes this movie great, uh, or like the, the things that are great about it aren't the plot because it it is basically, he's like, all right, so we'll take the framework of the other one and like, that'll be the playground that Mm -hmm. I can like build off of. Yeah. And it, it doesn't feel like cheap to me because he's not, this is like a weird analogy to make, but, um kind of makes me think of Labyrinth, the Jim Henson movie, hmm. which is a, a, a very boring story, but they're not trying to make an interesting story. They're trying to make, like, the wildest puppet fantasy world you've ever seen. Uh-huh. And they just need something to, like... Right. Okay, so we all know, like, how Star Wars works. Like, there's good guys, they'll sneak into the bad guy base and blow it up and rescue someone, like... So th- we're doing that, and also here's all the new stuff that I'm uh-huh. bringing in and all my new ideas. Right. Like, Which, so, like, isn't necessarily the perfect way to do that, but I feel like he nailed what he was trying to do. Right. So, uh, yeah, with all the stuff with the First Order and the Resistance and the yeah. New Republic, like... It's all kind that's of all in the opening. The hand waved and... Yeah, yeah, I mean, the, it's, in the op- it's in the opening crawl of, yeah, there's the, there are these different groups. But that's not really what the movie's about. Yeah. And um, if you really care about that stuff, you can go on Wikipedia or read the canon books, you know, and yeah. get, get to know. But, I mean, honestly, like, I was reading about that stuff last night and being like, or not last night, after I watched The Force Awakens, I was like, wait, what is the deal with the New Republic? Because yeah. we really don't know much. Yeah. And then they basically all blow up. Yeah. You know? So I was like, okay, maybe I should read about that a little bit. Because, like... Yeah. Oh, so that was like their capitals that blew up. Okay, so like most of them died. 
that's why they're in such a bad place after in The Last Jedi. Yeah. Okay. But, you know, it's like... Yeah, they just don't it really, really address come across, it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I do think there's probably a better movie somewhere that uh, that could have, you know, taken all this stuff and, and done something better. But, <clears throat> yeah, I, I, I think that a lot of that stuff is just kind of um, assumed and you can fill in the pieces uh, well enough to to allow the movie to be fun and yeah. and really enjoyable. Yeah, it kind of uses a like Star Wars shorthand mm-hmm. to be like to just get things back yeah. into action, which in some ways also uh, like one of the things I want to talk about about this whole trilogy is like the strange back and forth nature of it mm-hmm. of like differing narratives and stories being told Mm -hmm. in opposition to each other a little bit. And I think that kind of starts here, honestly, because as fun as The Force Awakens is, the opening crawl is like, all right, so nothing in The Return of the Jedi really mattered Mm -hmm. because there's just still the Empire and it's something else. Uh Uh, Just not called the Empire anymore. It's called the First Order. So they're out there. It's a huge... It's it's a very weird way to start the movie, honestly. Right. Mm-hmm. And, like, they sell it because we get on board with, like, okay, so, yeah, they're still stormtroopers. Those are the bad guys. I get it. Oh, these guys have X-Wings. They're the good guys. Okay. And we're watching Star Wars. Yeah. And, and it's yeah. all familiar. Yeah, totally. But, like, again, like, just thinking about the, the through line of all of these movies as an actual narrative work of art, it's pretty crazy to be, like, all right, so here's, like, how the Emperor came to power, and then, like, here's how the Emperor was defeated, and everything that he had was completely destroyed and lost, and the good guys completely won. Next episode, never mind. All the bad guys are back. They're more powerful than the good guys again. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. one of the good guys, like, one of the main characters has just disappeared. Like, it's a a pretty crazy way to, like, continue this story. To just be like, never mind, I'm the last one. And on top of that, it's like, you got a new bad guy who's the son of these two guys, but they're not together anymore. Yeah. And Leia aren't together anymore? Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. So. Yeah, overall, though, like, I think it works. Uh, It has a ton of fun stuff. Um, Han Solo's... Han Solo's arc as like the Obi-Wan Kenobi of this movie is really interesting and compelling. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. I think it works like, really, they, really they well. Take, because again, also by the by the Return of the Jedi, like Han Solo is kind of neutralized. Mm-hmm. Like he's still charming, but like he doesn't have that edge. Mm-hmm. He's just kind of like this jealous boyfriend a yeah. little bit who's mm-hmm. like, hey, I'm cool too. <laughs> and then yeah. uh it's, so it's really interesting to see him, like, to see him now, where, like, there's all this implied heartbreak and yeah. life, and he's kind of back where he was at the beginning of A New Hope, but also he is also, like, older and wiser mm-hmm. and has seen stuff that, you know, he's not really the same guy, he's just sort of reverted to the state where he is comfortable. But he also s- believes in the Force. Yeah. He's, like, mm-hmm. on board with mythology and, yeah. like, religion and stuff. Like, he's, like, all of it's true. Yeah. Like, it's all real. Yeah. And I am that guy. But I'm also not that guy anymore. Yeah. Because of heartbreak. Yeah. 
Yeah, so it's I think it's a really interesting turn for his character to like bring him back as like this like beaten down loser who is still also a very charming rogue who also has like this heavy weight and burden that he's carrying through the whole movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um and then like by turns like that kind of lends this like like the reveal of like Kylo Ren and what's going on that just imbues him with like again we were talking about like the Shakespearean tragedy like he's like a fun scary wild villain where you're just like man this dude is nuts he's a crazy lightsaber he is emotionally unstable and then to be like ah he like he 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 shouldn't be like this like mm-hmm. this is yeah this how is horrible he that he's like yeah. this yeah. and it like takes this turn of like he's no longer like a fun bad guy yeah. Like, once you find out what's going on with yeah. him, you're like, uh-huh. this is really sad, actually. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, yeah. Totally. <clears throat> I mean, so, he's still also a fun bad guy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's what I mean, though. He's the bad guy that we needed for this uh-huh. time period that we're in, where he's, like, he's not the faceless, you know, Darth Vader. He's not just blind rage or whatever. He's... yeah. Even with his mask on, he's complicated, mm-hmm. and he's he's easily triggered, yeah. and he he's doesn't have a strong backbone. Yeah, he's weak in a lot of ways, but he's strong in other ways. Yeah, and uh, he's got power. He doesn't know how to wield it, and I don't know. It just it just. And then he takes his mask off, and you see, like, it's Adam Driver, and I don't know about you, but I can't help but be like, oh, poor guy. You know, <laughs> uh, like, he's yeah. just like, yeah, but you got a lot of emotions there. Adam Driver cannot not have just a lot of emotions at all times. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, totally. So, um, anyway, so what would you guys, what would you guys give this one? Um, I gave it a four and a half, or, or uh, four stars. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. Um, yeah. You know, still some problems. But yeah, yeah that's, I really that's well. where I'd put it. Yeah, I gave it four stars too. So wow, four stars all around. Yeah, yeah. Nice. So far. <laughs> okay. On to what's probably fair to say the most controversial um, Star Wars movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, considering like uh, I think people some people like the prequels, but like generally they're over here, you know, and then they're more apologists for the sequel. Or for the prequels. Yeah, or they grew up with them, yeah. you know? I think there's a new generation uh-huh. that likes the prequels because they yeah. grew up with them, which is fair. There's I'm still bit... me before you came to me and were like, hey, Phantom Menace is right. really bad. Sure. <laughs> or like, I don't know, I'm still a big Jingle All the Way fan, you know? Uh-huh. Like, grew up with it. Uh, can't wait to watch it this Christmas. Um, but, like, The Last Jedi, like, it was pretty, like... Actually, there's some crossover there. Jake Lloyd. Both of them. Oh shit! Oh, yeah. you're right. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah, Jake Lloyd. Um, anyway, so the last Jedi though, um, critics, a lot of critics liked it, but like a lot of critics loved it. Yeah, a lot of critics loved it. Fans went crazy and hated it. Um, there's a lot of strong opinions on it. Yeah. Um, so um, I'm excited to talk about it. Um, some plot points for this one. Um, I've got a few. Uh, General Leia orchestrates an escape from the First Order. Uh, Poe Dameron uh, disobeys her and leads a 
successful and ultimately unsuccessful attack on their fleet. Uh, the Resistance goes into hyperspace, but the First Order has new technology enabling them to track hyperspace travel. Kylo Ren then leads an attack on the Resistance, and Leia's ship is blown up. She survives using the Force, but is in a coma. Uh, Vice Admiral Holdo is put in charge, and she orders the fleet to continue at their speed to stay out of reach of the First Order fighters. The First Order chases them in anticipation for their fuel to be depleted. Then on the other on the other story, uh, Ray meets with Luke Skywalker, who has no interest in training her. Eventually, he agrees, but has a negative outlook on the Jedi. Ray and Kylo begin to communicate through a Force connection. The truth of how Luke betrayed Kylo is revealed, and Ray confronts him before leaving to meet Kylo. Meanwhile, Poe Dameron sends Finn and Rose to Cantobite to find a master codebreaker who can help them disable the hyperspace tracking technology. They are captured by the First Order and brought to the Supreme Lord Snoke's ship. This is uh, Kylo Ren's boss, effectively. We didn't mention him in the last one, but yeah. Mm -hmm. Rey confronts Snoke and Kylo Ren. Uh, Ren then, Kylo Ren then betrays Snoke and kills him. He encourages Rey to join him on the dark side. She declines, and they begin to fight. Uh, Admiral Holdo's plan is then revealed as she is sacrificing the fleet's ships uh, to help the people escape to a remote planet called Crate, um, all incognito-like. Uh, the First Order then finds out their plan, and Holdo sacrifices herself by going through hyperspace through Snoke's command ship. Uh, destroying many ships in the new and the first orders fleet. Um, all of those stories are kind of crossing over at the same time. Yeah. So, Ray and Kylo Kylo are fighting in the chambers while it's being revealed what Holdo's plan is, and then she does the hyperspace through the ship. All of that's gonna happen at the same time. Uh, and then Kylo Ren then attacks the resistance while they're hiding out. Luke Skywalker then arrives and challenges Kylo Ren. Ren attacks him until it's revealed that Luke isn't actually on the planet. He is force-projecting his image. The remaining Resistance members escape through the back of the cave, and um, hope for the Resistance is still alive. So, um, <coughs> so yeah, like I said, this movie was incredibly uh, controversial. Um, I, I just real quick want to tell you guys that like in the last few days since like in the last 24 hours I should say since since the last Jedi or since the Rise of Skywalker came out and people have asked me how it was or or even leading into the Rise of Skywalker before it came out it's like I, I've talked to like film normies as I like to say or movie normies people who aren't like obsessed with film like we are mm -hmm. and it's like you know, uh, it, it's revealed to them by me that I'm a big fan of The Last Jedi. And um, I've gotten the reaction from probably five different people like, oh, I thought everyone hated that movie. <laughs> you know, no, no, there's there's some of us who love it. <laughs> yeah. We're out there. Uh, just we're, we're just not as loud as the other ones, maybe. But um, 
but there's there's a lot of there's a lot to go through here because the reasons for why people hate the movie vary. Mm-hmm. Like some people hate the movie because um, it betrays what they expect characters to do, mm-hmm. like where Luke Skywalker begins and how he doesn't want to train Rey. A lot of people don't buy that. Yeah. A lot of people don't buy that Luke would go into isolation. Um, other bits and pieces of characters and stuff too, but reveals like uh, Ray Ray's parents aren't anyone important or interesting. Everyone assumed that they would be uh, an Obi Wan. Uh, Obi Wan's grandkids. Yeah, or something, there's like yeah. a ton of different. Um, everyone everyone had big theories, and Ryan Johnson, the director, kind of said nah to a lot of the theories. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also the thought that... Um, I don't know what I'm saying. There's also... There's a lot of like kind of world-changing um, things that are brought into it, like the Holdo... Holden, what's her name? Holdo. Holdo Maneuver, where she... You know, that's kind of a, a universe... Potentially a universe-breaking uh, ability that... That was just brought into this movie. Force powers too, yeah. like Leia being able to float through space mm-hmm. to save herself. People didn't really buy that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and then there's there, so there's Star Wars fans who don't like it for those reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's like movie people, you know, like um, like Sean. I know you're one who's not a big fan of it. Mm-hmm. Um, who feel like there's like plotting issues. And other things I'm sure you'll bring up while we talk about this. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I'm pretty sure me and Cow are on the side of, like, we love the movie because it brings up a lot of new ideas. And, um... Yeah. I, uh... I, I just rewatched it this week. And I... I think it is the the most interesting Star Wars movie. Like, it, it just has so much more on its mind. It, it has... Uh, it's like a examination of like of storytelling and what it means to be a good person and uh, how to deal with failure and what that means. Um, it's just it it's yeah it's it's it goes so far beyond what it needed to, especially as a sequel to. The Force Awakens, which again was like totally great and fun, and then this is just like, all right, let's let's really dig down and think about a lot of this stuff, and uh, yeah, I just I I think it's super fascinating, pulled off excellently. Like I uh, I basically have no complaints about the entire movie. See, uh, yeah, and I'm not I'm not fully there with you. I do have I do have some complaints. Yeah. But um, I, I think I was telling Sean before I recorded this that, like, um, I, I yeah, I feel like the stuff with Cantobite where they go to they go to Cantobite just seems like a bad plan from the beginning. Um, and then it, it, I think the whole setup of the story being that they're being chased, like the they're 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 going at this certain speed and the bad guys are going to go at this certain speed and eventually they're going to run out of gas. It just doesn't really seem like a very like solid like There's plot foundation. Out of range but not quite out of range. Yeah, and it like... just doesn't seem like a very solid like plot foundation and I think that there are 
tonal issues mixed in with the balancing of the stories. But I'm I so I do th- I do think that there are problems with the structure and the pacing of the movie. But I'm I'm right there with you. Where like I'm I am able and willing to kind of just push all that away and be like, this movie's way too interesting, has way too many thoughts going on. I don't care about any of that stuff. Yeah. So I rewatched it last night. For your first time rewatching. Yeah, first rewatch since I saw it in theaters. Um, I will say it, I don't know if it, it grew on me a little bit, um, but I, I did kind of uh, um, start to appreciate certain aspects of the, of the film. Um, I do think like there's a lot of really great performances. Some of them definitely the best in the in the sequel trilogy, um, and I really think that Leia in this movie is probably as good as she's been since A New Hope. Um, she like has this great commanding presence in every scene she's in. She has a really good look um, throughout the movie. Like there's there's a few pieces of imagery that that stand out like of her with that the that coat on that kind of covers part of her face um uh so this time watching it i was able to enjoy certain parts of the movie that i wasn't able to enjoy before um because certain story elements and character beats um and plotting didn't work for me in, in either time I saw it. But this time I was able to kind of just step back and enjoy other aspects of it. Yeah. Um, I do agree that there are a lot of great ideas. I am fully on board with Ray's parents being no one. Um, I'm, oh, I, I'm on board with uh, killing Snoke um, yeah. in this movie, even though that was another big thing that people talked about just like oh this guy Snoke's supposed to be big and important and then you just kill him off like he's nothing I think he's totally served his purpose for Kylo Ren's arc in this especially like as Kylo Ren as a villain is like getting even more complicated and scary and conflicted it it seems even more redundant who has to -hmm. have a guy who like we don't know him we don't really know anything about him Mm -hmm. and he's just there to be like no, be more evil. Uh-huh. It's like, yeah, yeah, we get it. Like, yeah. he's he's a big, big evil guy, and he loves evil, and like that's all we know about him, mm-hmm. you know. And so, like in the same way that like the emperor is great at that, Snoke is great shorthand for like, yeah, he's another one of these emperor guys, you know, mm-hmm. just like just loves evil and controlling people, and I think it's way more interesting. To have Kylo Ren kill him and then be left in command of the, like the evil army, right. because he's, he's because he's not committed and he's not a like, hammy, one hundred percent evil guy, like that's that's a much more interesting choice, mm-hmm. and much more compelling story because. The the thing about the Last Jedi that's interesting, like we've been talking about, like the general operatic nature of Star Wars and how, like, there is just a lot of, like, kind of silly stuff that is just, like, just taken at face value and, like, you know, this is the slightly cheesy story that we're telling in a 
in this, and I think The Last Jedi is partially, like, going against that a little bit, in that it's like, no, like, let's take this seriously, like, like, there, there's no such thing as, like, a 100% evil, like, monster emperor who can control the weather and just always does the most hateful thing always, like, people are more interesting than that, mm-hmm. and more complicated, and, like, what is this? What are what do these stories really mean to us? If like these are the lessons we're taking away, that like you're only important if like you have power and you're related to other important people. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, I really like that it's examining that as a like a cultural idea. Yeah, um, uh, I I really do appreciate the the uh, new trilogy for exploring those ideas especially with Kylo Ren. And, um, and I think they needed to. I don't think they could do go back and do another um, Darth Vader like yeah. they did in the, the original trilogy. But I do think, like, um, I think the original trilogy doesn't, or, or in, in recent conversations that I've heard, um, the original trilogy is less about, like, what who are people like what makes someone who they are what makes someone do bad things it's not really about that it's about the stories that we tell ourselves and like how humanity sees itself through its stories and through its characters and through its mythology and so like yeah i I, like this this comparison between like kylo ren and, and darth vader i think is totally polar opposites i think they're doing comp- serving completely different purposes totally agree. and uh i i just thought i want i wanted to throw that in there totally. like as a well, yeah like darth yeah. darth vader is great at what he is mm-hmm. and i think kylo ren is absolutely not that and mm-hmm. it, it's a whole different thing and it's the same thing with like the examination of luke skywalker as well like which i that's why i think a lot of people really felt like hurt yeah. yeah by that because the idea with that is is kind of on the flip flip side of that coin of like here's a guy that we all know as like the ultimate hero you know like we we're talking about return mm-hmm. of the jedi he's the ultimate badass he knows what's right he knows what to do he's like calm and confident and he has conflict still in return of the jedi yeah. but he's like he's on the straight and narrow he, mm-hmm. and then to take that character and then be like, okay, so, like, we all want to be that. We all want to be the hero. And we all will do that sometimes. Also, all of us are going to fuck up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What does that look like when you are perfect and then you're not? Right. Um, and especially when it's impacting someone that you love. Yeah. You know, so, like, you fuck up and that has a direct effect on your son or daughter or niece or nephew or someone that you love. Yeah. And that sets them on a, a bad path. Like, it's like yeah, abuse. Like, like, yeah, like, like, like Luke, Luke Skywalker ruined a kid's life. Yeah. You know, like we were talking about like how Anakin killing those kids doesn't land the way it should because we don't care about him. Mm-hmm. And then The Last Jedi is like, Luke's not evil. He doesn't kill kids. But he fucked up so bad it ruined a kid's life. And, and he, he almost did. Like, and yeah. that, that's part of the thing is like... You know, with with Return of the Jedi, he was yeah. teetering. You know, he, I mean, he was never going to go to the dark side. You yeah. know, Sean said that before he didn't fully buy it. But, like, yeah. that was a plot of the movie was 
them trying to bring him over to the dark side. And there was a little bit of hatred there. Like, yeah. it was there, but then he was able to deny it. Yeah. And I think the same thing happened in, you know, that that conflict with with Luke and uh, Ben, yeah. where he Ben Solo, where he um, he he saw the future, he saw the hatred, and he was like, I could save so many people if I kill this kid right now. Yeah. No, that's not right. And then, but it was already too late. Yeah. And everything fell apart because of it. Yeah. And, and so, like, yeah, just just dealing with that fallout and, like, regret and the fact that there's nothing, like, it's not up to him to fix it even. Like, you know, he... Well, his masters, like, two people that trained him, yeah. what did they do when they fucked up? What happened when the yeah. Jedi Order fell apart? Yeah, both of them went to exile. Disappear. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so, but that is, I can totally get like that is that is it is a a pretty like bold choice, like like it's it, I, don't, I don't even know like a comparison to make because it's so out of the box to just have you know somebody who is basically like an eighties action hero. You know, right. like, it'd, be, it'd be like if the new Rambo movie came out, but Rambo was dealing with the fact that he like he's killed people in the past. Yeah, and it's and it's about him like, like first blood. Yeah, right. Well, <laughs> but, totally. And then he's about first yeah. blood. But like if if the if last blood, the new one was uh, like, well, yeah, I went to war and that was bad. I and, did, I did have any meaning at all? Right. Like, yeah, and he's like working yeah. in a soup kitchen yeah. and like going to protests and there's he never like has an action sequence in the whole thing right mm-hmm. it's like yeah. oh that I did not see that for Rambo <laughs> you uh-huh. know I didn't think a Rambo movie would do would do that yeah uh-huh. and, and ultimately that that might be the big problem with the movie with like at least with this fan base is that it it might it might not be just one thing or two things yeah. but like there were a lot of bold choices yeah. you know like all the Force stuff that was new, like Leia saving herself and the Force projector that Luke does at the end, and um, Yoda being able to summon lightning. Yeah, all these new Force, force things, like, on by themselves, aren't a big deal. Yeah. And to me, they still aren't a big deal because I kind of think all the Force powers are kind of made up. Yeah. Like, they're all, that, they all where, kind of don't make sense. I think you, the, the problem you run into with that is is especially with the new one. You start piling these things on top of e- each other. And now all of a sudden, and this is something the comic book and superheroes, the problem that they run into all the time. You keep piling these powers on top of each other until the, you have a... a person that's that's so wildly powerful that it's just no longer has any meaning or or um relevance to the story as opposed to like back back to yoda right Right. like the things that yoda was saying to luke like that's what's important in this story that's what's important about the force and and their magical powers yeah. It's not this like what new like super powerful. How can we top ourselves with with the force powers in this one? Yeah. And you know, um, I definitely have, have problems with with um, this movie. But it's, 
getting a little ahead of myself, but especially the new one, like really pushes those way too far. Yeah. And well, um, okay. So, but what I what I appreciate about the new force powers in the Last Jedi is first of all, Luke like directly repudiates like Ray is like, you know, he asks Ray what the force is. She's like, ah, it's like it, it's it gives you powers. You lift up rocks, you know. Yeah. yeah. And, and like he's like, that's not the point of all say? of this. See, see I feel like mind? going back to what you were saying about what Yoda and what Yoda's saying, I feel like Luke was like I thought what Luke was doing with Ray, even though it was like pessimistic about what the force is, to me it was like almost just a, it was like just as important. That was a nice moment for sure. Like, all, what what was what was his line? It was so good that um everything like when he says everything you've said is wrong or yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, he said something like it's amazing. Yeah. Everything you said was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but, and and so, along with that, like, they do bring up these new powers that we haven't really seen before. Like, there's the, yeah, the force, I don't know what to call it, like, the, the conversation. The um, connection. The connection. The connection. <laughs> Which, that's one you've kind of seen before, where yeah, like they can, in some variety. Luke, uh, Luke and Leia of, have Leia a connection. Have yeah. one, and then Darth Vader kind of s- yeah. says a thing to lose. Totally. Yeah, that feels like a natural evolution. Mm-hmm. But then, um, like, yeah, Yoda calling down the lightning, like, controlling the weather, I think that works for me because they've already said, like, these aren't superpowers to fight bad guys. Like, that's not the point. Like, it's not about that. It's, you know, it's it's like a, a participation in the balance of the universe and it's they they like return to this idea that this is like this is more like meaningful and mystical and solemn than just like I, I want to be able to like you know be the green lantern you know right. and so that in the whole movie anytime there's like a new idea or a new force power or whatever it's never presented as like aha this will be the deus ex machina that like I can use to fight right. the bad guys it is like, it, it's a natural extension. One of, of one of them is a which, little, the which force one? projection is the kind of the yes, the, but the it's ending. also I mean it's the opposite though. Like he doesn't actually defeat anybody. It's like a trick. But yeah, it's the trick that supposedly allows them to um, escape. And you know he he all of a sudden all of a sudden Luke's there and yeah. and he's. He doesn't get blown up by the new ATATs and yeah. and then oh yeah <laughs> um, and yeah and then so so he supposedly buys enough time for them to find another exit yeah um, your your point is still but yeah I like, get what you're saying but yeah, that that one he's, is he's not using is teleporting to win a lightsaber fight he's he's mm-hmm. like all of those powers come out of like genuine moments of human connection and are like born out of what those characters are going through. It would only work like Luke's force projection would only work. It only works because Kylo wants to fight him so bad. Like yeah. if it was if it was anyone else other than Kylo, it wouldn't have slowed him down. Like if it was if it was just the Imperial fleet marching toward him, like yeah, Luke's and- thing wouldn't have worked. But because Kylo was like, I want to go out there and fight him one-on-one and defeat him for my sake because it's me and him, the last Jedis, that's what we're doing. Yeah, That's the only reason it works. And I think 
because he because Luke what that moment is really about for him is finally confronting his failure face to face in the only way he reasonably can and it's not about fighting and winning and being a badass and being perfect anymore he shows up to just be like like yeah to just finally to finally address it and be there and uh, I guess that, that kind of gets at the the general problems I have with the movie is that that's all great there's some great ideas there for sure and the, <clears throat> there's even some great uh, that's a great character moment um, for them to have but it comes at the expense of uh, a, a believable um, uh, well thought out well executed well uh, developed world uh, in my opinion you know um, and, and that that's the thing that happens throughout the movie um, <clears throat> all of their whole whole plan that they go on to the the cantabite is that was mm-hmm. that whole plan is just so rapidly um, presented and um, as and, and taken at face value and and um, take it all all these like huge leaps in in logic are taken so quickly and um, bought into and if you and you, I'm watching it and I'm just like, whoa, hold on a second. What what's going on here? And they just like move on to this this bizarre as a lot of people call it the the side quest of the movie, which to me is not the side quest. It is the driving plot of the film um, where they're going off on this mission to save the day um, while Poe's back butting heads with with Holdo. Um, and <clears throat> you know they're, they're told there's only one person who can who can hack this system. When they get there, they can't get to him, but they just happen to bump into someone else who can who can um, hack the system for them. And then um, and on and on. Um, and it just it, it the whole thing just just develops in a very unprobable way um to the to the point where it's very frustrating for me it was very frustrating to see these characters just just go off on this adventure and have it all come crashing down around them and then by the end expect some type of redemption from from the potentially hundreds or thousands of people that they have are fully responsible for killing and that's my only interjection whole... <laughs> is that I think the movie agrees with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, totally. Like, I mean, the movie, I agree, Sean, because like I'm watching this movie and you know, fucking uh, Finn is laying out the plan, Rose, they're talking about it, and I'm going, this is fucking stupid. Like, this plan doesn't make any sense. It, it doesn't make any sense. Like, this but plan I, doesn't make yeah. any sense. And then they go for the plan, and they it doesn't work out. And they meet this jackhole who... But, like, um, also, for the... Like, 
the way the plan is presented, not only do they like rush through it, there there's like quick editing in the way yeah. they're explaining it. Yeah. Like it's mm-hmm. like blah blah blah. We'll do in this. Blah. It's really rushed. I mean, I think like, a big part of it is that they are very desperate. Like they, there's not a lot of options. So as characters, as characters, they're willing to like go along with like this is the only plan we have, so we got to go with it. It's like every other Star Wars movie where there's only one of the there's only one plan, so they have to go along with it. Yeah. But. It's a terrible plan. And we all know it's a terrible plan. It doesn't make sense. It's a terrible plan. Yeah. And, yeah, they meet this other jackhole who uh, can, you know, uh, code break, whatever. And, uh, you know, to me, he represents something different. To me, he represents, like, moral ambiguity. He's the guy who goes, hey, good and bad isn't really a thing, you know. Uh, good yeah. and bad is on both sides. But maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. exactly. That was That's actually one of my favorite scenes in the movie oh. where he goes... He goes, you're wrong. You're wrong about that. And he's like, maybe, you yeah. know, but because he is moral ambiguity. He's just a guy who eh, he doesn't know if there's good or bad. Yeah. But in that moment, that makes Finn decide that he does believe that there's good and bad, and yeah. he goes for good. Mm-hmm. And he, in that moment, decides he's part of this bigger team, and he stops running away from stuff because up until that point, he's been running. Yeah. Um, I also just want to point out, like just on the the side of like the movie knowing this is a bad plan and trying to make you feel bad about it like i don't know if you remember like the reason their plan fails and they don't get a hold of like the the code breaker they're trying to get with the the special pin is just because they parked their spaceship in the wrong place mm-hmm. they right. get like they get like, towed or whatever. They, yeah, they get arrested they because they don't even get towed. They get arrested for a parking violation. Exactly, but like that, the what? the stupidness of that is the point. That they are so like, all right, like yeah, totally. We're the good guys. We'll go do the thing. In we're, any other Star Wars movie, it would have worked out. But this is the one Star Wars movie where it doesn't work out. Yeah, because they're careless and because, like, but if you, if you compare that to the. What you talked about earlier, the um, the Return of the Jedi scene where they're laying out the plan for the Death Star, that's a great scene. Like yeah. many Banthas died in the to obtain this information, and they lay out like all the different um, you know areas where they're going, you know that have to be um, or all the different things that have to uh, happen in order for them to for this mission to succeed and you're on board you understand the mission it all makes sense and it's it's um, it's it's really well done and executed this this, it just doesn't do that it's just like yeah you don't need an explanation just just go along with it and but see I think see but I guess I think the movie I think the movie though too again I don't part of me is like Clearly, the movie didn't succeed fully with what it was trying to do because um, a lot of people are not satisfied. Mm-hmm. But um, I think the movie was trying to do like a twist, like it was trying to mm. to to flip it on you of like, hey, these characters are going off on this adventure, this this thing that it's a bad idea and no one's on board with, but like actually like. You know, they're not doing the right thing. The yeah. right thing is actually happening over here off screen. They're actually like sneaking off, and if they hadn't gone on that adventure, all those people would have been okay. Like thousands of people. I mean, I don't yeah. know how many people were on that ship, those like, ships and stuff. But they like, say something about like there's four or five hundred people on on those three ships that are escaping, plus yeah. all the people that died in the attack of the dreadnought. 
I don't know yeah. how many. So yeah, I just watched it yesterday. What's, so the, I, what's the dreadnought? The dreadnought's the, the one where Poe wanted to blow it up, and oh, right, and right. Leia said, "That's an order. Don't right, right. you return? That's an order." And, but like, so the flip though, I'm just saying that the 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 structural flip of the plot is that the characters that you're following that you like were doing the wrong thing, and yeah. that's like a bold choice for a blockbuster movie. You know, to have the characters that you're yeah. you're following and you're into their you're supposed to be into their story. You're supposed to be following and be invested in what they're doing, but the movie knows they're doing the wrong thing. Yeah. Every, every, all of the like five main characters, like Ray and Finn and Poe and Luke and Kylo, all of their arcs are about failure, and none of them succeed at any of their. Like Luke, Luke is more like stewing in his past failure, but all the rest of them fail at the big thing they attempt, and like mm-hmm. that's that's specifically what the movie is about. So it like. You're, like, you're not wrong. Like, it is a bad plan, and it is, like, presented hastily, and it is, like, chaotic and terrible, but I think that's because they, they like, that that is what the movie is about, is, like... I guess, like, the problem is, that, again, like, you're just never on board for any of these plans. You're, you're supposed to be with these characters, hoping that they succeed, and you find yourself, like... Like just questioning every move that they make. It's like it's like, like that thing like, where what are they you watch even a doing horror here? movie and you're yeah, going, you're going, hey, yes. don't go in that room. Yeah. Yeah. The killer's gonna get you, and then they go in and get it. You yeah. want the horror movie to be smarter than you, yeah. And you feel like you're watching it, and you're smarter than the movie. Yeah. And but and it like, turns out though, the movie is trying to hold hands with you, and you're not holding its hand. Yeah. Yeah, like the big the big turnaround, like the big reveal, really is. Like the the moment where you like get confirmation that Holdo, who's like come off as kind of like abrasive, you're on Poe's side of like tell me what's going on, like you know wanting to be in control and have like some involvement in what's going on, but instead like she's pretty much legitimized and like yeah like you were you just lost most of our fleet you were demoted by Leia a second before she was put in a coma. And I have this good plan that, like, blah, blah, blah. Her plan also fails because of the actions of our heroes, but then she's, like, the only one who's, like, I will find a way to, like, at least buy us some more time to fix some of this failure in, like, one of the most spectacular sequences, which, yeah, man, I love that so much. Uh, That seems awesome. Which also kind of has its universe-breaking implications. I, I don't think so, though. Like, because the other thing about it, like, uh, I mean, apparently no one has done this before. I don't buy that for a second. <laughs> I mean... A thousand generations and... I mean, they know the destructive power of, of going into hyperspace and running into something. Like, they, they yeah. talk about it in A New Hope. and Yeah. It, I mean, it's just never it's just never addressed why you wouldn't do something like that in, in yeah. this universe. 
Yeah. And like putting that front and center in what, so it could potentially be a problem that the universe has always had with, if you introduce hyperspace, why don't you just do things like, well, don't they, don't they mention that in, um, in the rise of Skywalker? Yeah. They actually say like, why don't we do the whole maneuver? And it's like, because, because it's chaotic and unpredictable and probably not going to be successful. Yeah, whoever replies is like, that's a one in a million chance. Yeah, yeah and like, she like kind of did that. Kind of a... I mean, it probably was. Um, <laughs> and we should probably move on to the next movie. I think we should. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, yeah totally. But, um, <clears throat> but... Yeah. Anyway. We can sit yeah. here and... Again, yeah. we can sit here and argue about the physics of totally. uh, Star Wars. But, but I just, I'm just saying, I, I understand those... Uh, there's problems, and again, it's not it's not just that one. And what I was saying it's, before, it's yeah. a, a whole long list of like, hmm, that's weird. Yeah, that's a strange. I don't know if I buy into that. Is that how does that? Why would that? You know, yeah. like right. when you're and when you're doing that through the whole movie, it's just it's frustrating. It takes you out of the movie. And again, like what I said earlier, the rewatch of this movie. I knew I was wasn't gonna like all those things. I knew I was going to, you know, have problems with them. And because of that, I was able to just kind of put those in the background. Maybe because I watched the three prequels yeah. and a lot of other bad Star Wars movies before that, I was kind of able to put that in the back of my head and enjoy other parts of the movie. Yeah. But especially the first watch, it's it becomes it's very hard and very distracting to get totally. past. It. This right, and that's what I was trying to say before, is that, like, you know, for whatever reason, like, there's a sector of us who are willing and able to yeah. to just buy into these issues. Not issues, but, like, these these bold, choi- yeah. bold choices, let's call them. Yeah. Um, but it seems like the movie fails because there's too many bold choices. And it's like... Okay, like what I was talking about before, that's like this plot switch where you're not supposed to like what the main characters are doing, but you're following them anyway. But this other guy who you're not supposed to like is actually doing the right thing. It's like it's a structural thing. It worked for me, but it's like it's a pretty weird concept. And it's like they had too many of those, mm. these like bold choices that. They, they add up and it's hard for people to to buy into mm. yeah. I do think like on the rewatch um, it did become a worthy uh, a worthy Star Wars movie to me I will say that like yeah. it um, I, I do think the ideas and the things that it was trying to do it in the end um, it took its place in the Star Wars and I just I just admire boldness too. Like that's mm-hmm. part of my thing is that like I'd I'd so much would rather have boldness than mm-hmm. boringness. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Justice completely. League over and and also Man of Steel. No, I would go Man of Steel 100%. No, Man of Steel. Batman v Superman. Batman v Superman. Man, that movie was swinging for the fences. It was going for a home run. It had big ideas. It was going for yeah. a grand slam. Yeah, it kind of <laughs> shit the bed. But, you know, Justice League, I mean, maybe it was maybe it was a better movie in some ways. But also it was like vapid nothingness. So I was talking about this with my brother. To bring in the extracurricular curricular Star Wars movies, um, 
we were just talking about generally ranking the Star Wars movies. And I was like, obviously, the Star Wars Christmas special is insane. It doesn't count. It's garbage. But it is... They put so much effort into how bad that movie is. I, I think that is a more interesting movie than something like Solo, which is just like, here's uh, the stuff you expect. And that's all callbacks and nothing really that complicated or challenging or anything. And I, I kind of feel that way a little bit about The Last Jedi, that it's like, it is, it is swinging for the fences on so many levels that I absolutely love it. And we should talk about The Rise of the Skywalker, mm -hmm. because also, in addition to me thinking it's probably the most interesting and one of my favorite Star Wars movies, The Last Jedi, um, it's, kind of, it's kind of a a bad penultimate episode and I legitimately feel pretty bad for J.J. Abrams that he had to follow that up mm. as well um, because uh, again just talking about like the back and forth of these movies that The Force Awakens is sort of like um, the end of Return of the Jedi doesn't really matter everything's bad again and um, here's the new emperor and, like, this new mysterious girl who is she related to, and uh, here's what's going on now. And then The Last Jedi is like, Snoke's dead, the mysterious girl is nobody, she's not related, that's boring, that's a bad idea. Uh, and just kind of, like, shuts down all these narrative things that The Force Awakens started, and then goes off on this, like, long, again, super compelling to me, just meditation on like grief and failure and like what it means to be a good person and how to live with like having or not having a destiny or how you perceive yourself in the world. And then it's like, all right, now it's time for the final episode of this 40 year saga. Right. Back, nine back to you, JJ. Nine movies. Yeah. yeah. Like, and it's, and it's just like, like, Honestly, I, I feel pretty bad for him. Because not only that... So for, first of all, I just have this this image. It's like the, the two metaphors I think of is like... I think The Last Jedi knocked it out of the park. And then J.J. Abrams was the one that was like... I'll go get the ball back. Because you knocked <laughs> it out of the park and we were playing a game. So yeah. I'll go get it so we can finish our game that we were all playing together. Yeah. <laughs> And then, or the other, the other thing I think about is there's the uh, the Lonely Island song with Michael Bolton, mm. where it's like it's just all about like, like going to the club and getting fucked up, and it's like this pretty intense uh. rap, and then like the Michael Bolton hook comes in, and he's just singing about how he thinks Pirates of the Caribbean is an awesome movie, uh -huh. and then it just keeps cutting back to like the guys trying to. Well, be that was kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, <they're> just <laughs> We're back in the club, keep their thing going. Uh -huh. It's like I don't know what to do with that, so. We're back in the club and yeah. having drinks. And, yeah. like, again, I think The Last Jedi is great, but I do kind of get that vibe of just J.J. Uh -huh. Abrams has to come back in and be like, so, uh, so yeah, the, the, the Emperor, uh, yeah, the Emperor is here and, uh, <laughs> Yeah, so they're they're they all got to team up against the emperor because, <laughs> like, you know, just like it's right. uh -huh. like 
Like, Ryan Johnson did kind of leave him out to dry. Right, right. Just shut down all these things, killed off the entire rebellion except for 20 people. Right. Mm. Snoke's dead. Snoke's um, dead. Yeah. All these threads are just closed because Ryan Johnson was like, it'd be more interesting to not have that be the case. And then even beyond that, The Force Awakens is like all about saying goodbye to Han. The Last Jedi is all about saying goodbye to Luke. And then Carrie Fisher died. Right. And, like, the rumor is that, like, the third movie, like, Trevorrow, Colin Trevorrow was going to do the third movie, mm-hmm. and the rumor is, like, part of the reason he left is because he, like, his whole movie, his whole idea, his whole script was all about Leia. Right. And then they're, like, whatever, a year and a half, two years away from, like, the the locked and loaded release date, and then, like, your main character can't do anything right and so that's that's like the rumor is that what happened well clearly it happened yeah so so what they did was he he left before she died did she did i don't i mean i I don't in my head but but either way that's just one more thing that like jj abrams is kind of left holding the bag after the last jedi and also carrie fisher is dead so you just don't have her Mm. there and she was like gonna be the heart and soul of this movie and instead mm. you're just left with like random random bits and pieces of right. this story that he had tried to set up uh-huh. and they tried to they try to use the Carrie Fisher stuff like yeah clearly I mean clearly this they wanted um, her to be Ray's master and yeah. they had that as part of the plot and yeah. they made it work to the best of their ability but those scenes do feel like she kind of stitched together. Yeah, like it mm-hmm. feels like she's in another movie saying other bits of dialogue that might be from something else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so like I I ended up really enjoying uh The Rise of the Skywalker for what it is. But I think part of that is tempered by the fact that it was it, it must have been to... so hard walking into that movie late without the the like crown jewel of this mm-hmm. movie and without all these other narrative avenues that you'd set up and so some of the things that he does kind of repudiate the last jedi in super direct kind mm-hmm. of like rude seeming ways uh-huh. <laughs> and like i i leaned over to my wife like early on i was like if they end up making Ray actually just like related to one of the magic families, I'll be so pissed. Uh, and then it happens, and I was like, "That sucks." Uh-huh. Also, I don't know. I get it, you know. <laughs> like, yeah. like I think well, I uh, think that's terrible. That yeah. They, Should we do the the, the the plot and then oh, yeah, yeah. and then okay, let's go with the plot in. just yeah, yeah, because yeah. okay. So this is the new movie. It just came out. We kind of jumped into it already, but. Um, Obviously, we've been doing spoilers this whole time, but um, plot points. Kylo Ren finds Palpatine. He's still alive and joins him in hopes of acquiring his massive fleet of Star Destroyers. Palpatine reveals he has a giant fleet. He can give Kylo Ren anything he wants. Uh, Rey, Finn, Poe, and Chewbacca go in search for Palpatine. Um, They have a whole quest where they find a Sith dagger that has a inscription that needs to be translated. Chewbacca is kidnapped and needs to be rescued. 
Ray confronts Kylo Ren, and it's revealed that she is a Palpatine. She's um, his great niece. Uh, Ray runs away and hides out at Luke's old hideout, Arch 2, and talks to Ghost Luke, who encourages her to stay on the good side and um, be a light on the Force. Um, Kylo Ren has another uh, confrontation with um, Rey, this time at um, a Star Destroyer, and um, he then has a conversation with his dad, Han Solo, and um, he kind of transforms back into Ben Solo. Ultimately, they go and confront Palpatine, and um, there's a huge battle. Um, reinforcements from around the universe show up and destroy the uh, Palpatine Star Destroyer fleet. And, um, yeah, ultimately, uh, Ray defeats Palpatine and um, kind of starts to die herself, but then Kylo Ren sacrifices himself to save her. And, um, she's kind of the last Jedi. So, yeah, those are the plot points. Um, I don't really know where we should start, honestly. Um, It's a lot. It's Um, a lot. Uh... I mean, Sean, you just saw it. You saw yeah, it a few I saw hours it, ago. Yeah, uh, a bunch of hours ago now. Uh, yeah. Um, I guess my hot take is uh, there were moments that I liked. There was a lot of character pieces that were really good and interesting. Um, really great action sequences that I really enjoyed. I really liked a lot of the lightsaber battles were really good um, for for reasons that we were talking about earlier. Um, but ultimately, it was just a baffling movie that um, <laughs> was pretty messy, uh, made some bizarre decisions that I think were entirely unnecessary and... Um, yeah, again, like had a he had a hard time. I don't know how you would follow up the last Jedi. Um but, you know, introducing Palpatine was a I, I am baffled by the thought process of that. Um the idea that you would have to have Ray be a Palpatine is was utterly meaningless in this movie. Totally. And that, that's part Honestly, of so you could you could literally write that whole thing out and it wouldn't change a exactly. Thing. They they bring it in just to be like, no, she is. Yeah, one. Of I don't these know. People. Was that a they were they were scared of the fans type thing? I don't know. But or... that, but then like her whole story from that point on and all of her interactions with Palpatine, it it doesn't actually affect the story. It wasn't like you're my niece, so you have to be this way. It was like. Yeah. I mean, anyone can be tempted by the dark side. It yeah. could have been. It could have been anyone. Like it still mm-hmm. could have been anyone. She yeah. still could Your have been. Friends are dying out there. Yeah. Like, anyone would be tempted by that. Right. Yeah. And, but like the only thing 
the only advantage I can think is like this sort of metaphorical literary comparison between her and Ben. Like my wife and I were kind of talking all about like sort of the yin and yang of them and the fact that he's, you know, from the like the good lineage and he turned out bad and she's from the bad lineage and you know, sort of naturally yeah. drawn to the light. Yeah. But that's not even, like, addressed or brought up in the movie. That's just, like, we were... Right, you guys are digging into it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like... It just... And yeah. for me, like, it didn't make sense on, like, a structural level where... I mean, we all saw... I don't know if... Actually, I don't know if you saw it, but, like, James Bond, like, Spectre. Yeah. The newest James Bond movie. Um, it was revealed that Christoph Waltz was behind everything bad that's ever happened in James Bond's life. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that, that's like towards the climax of the movie, but it's like, you know, it's a reveal, but you don't buy it. You know, it's like, uh, what? No. I mean, I watched these other movies. Like, yeah. I don't think so. And the same thing happens with this one, except it's in the first 10 minutes, and you're like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. I, I just yeah. watched the other ones. Uh-huh. There were no hints. Yeah. None. None of that. No <laughs> hints. And I, I f- kind of wonder if J.J. Abrams was like, well, I had this whole thing planned out with Snoke. Right, yeah. And now Snoke's dead. Who do I do that with? Yeah, right. <laughs> well, I think, like, in those first ten minutes, you do see, like, a vat of abandoned Snoke uh-huh. clones. And I do think that was kind of J.J. Abrams being like, that was my idea, by the way. I know yeah. we're not doing that now, but... Just for the record, yeah. like Snoke was like an Emperor clone yeah. minion. Huh. So anyway, I know that's not that's not <laughs> happening anymore. But but I just I need to like really put yeah. it out there that, that, that. that's what Snoke was. Anyway, yeah. back to the Emperor. Uh. Yeah, and so uh, like that's that's a, a lot of this stuff does feel like him kind of out of desperation, just picking up threads that maybe he left before or uh-huh. ideas that he had. During the Force Awakens, even small and bringing things. them back, whether or not they really make uh-huh. sense, even small things like in the first movie, Kylo Ren's wearing his his helmet like uh-huh. the whole movie. He only yeah. takes it off in a few key moments, but then like right away in the Last Jedi, yeah, Snoke is like, "Take that stupid thing off!" Yeah, and so he takes it off, and then he destroys it in the elevator, like yeah. right off the bat. Yeah, the first thing that happens in this movie is like. Well, actually, I kind of like that thing. The, the helmet was my idea. Yeah. I'm going to bring that back. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, in, in at one point in The Last Jedi, there was, they were fighting over the lightsaber. It's, it's Kylo Ren and, and Rey are fighting over the lightsaber, and it's it's symbolic. And then they break this lightsaber in half. And yeah. They, they destroy, you know, the, the, the past. And, and there's all this sim- symbolic uh, stuff going on there. And then he's just... You just well, we'll just repair that lightsaber and yeah, <laughs> and now that lightsaber's back and I yeah. feel like there was a bunch of that stuff yeah. throughout the movie that um, yeah, just like kind of <laughs> that hand, was awkward yeah, you know I don't know who to blame for that but <laughs> yeah and like yeah a, a lot of that stuff didn't really bother me like mm-hmm. like you know I can I can kind of like go along with that you know like oh you know in the last Jedi. Kylo Ren's feeling more conflicted and he's like trying to deal with maybe being a relatable real person instead of just pretending to be Darth Vader. And then in this one, he's like kind of recommitting himself to like, no, like I, I want to be 100% evil, mm-hmm. but, but yeah, it does just come off as like, 
Yeah, like I said, like, okay, I don't know what that was. Anyway, back to Star <laughs> yeah. Wars. Here's his cool helmet back, and uh-huh. here's the, you know, the iconic lightsaber uh-huh. back. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, um, I didn't, I didn't really, I didn't really love this movie. Um, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it just, it, it just, it just seemed like it was like cobbled together. In a, in a lot of ways, yeah. Um, I, I'm sorry, someone else should talk. Yeah, I, no, yeah. it's um, it, yeah, it's, it feels very cobbled together. And like, I don't know if it was me, I don't know what it was, but there was something about. It seemed like every new location they go to in this movie, I'm I'm like I have to like okay, wait, what are they doing? What's the goal here? Why why are they in this place and like I have to reassess everything, and I don't know if I just like was bored with, with it, or if it was just clumsily put together, yeah. or and there was it like had this weird like they have this dagger and they have to find the clues and yeah. I, I don't I wasn't following that. That's like yeah. There were, there were a few things I liked. Um, I did like I did really like C three PO and how he. Uh, he had he had a pretty big role, and it was like funny, uh-huh. but it was also like purposeful, and yeah. how like that whole bit of him being like, yeah, oh boy, I just wish someone, I wish we could just get into my memory, and I could tell you guys, but we can't, so ah, that sucks. Yeah, it's like. And everyone's just looking at him like you asshole. Like, uh-huh. You should just tell us, you know. Yeah. Like I like I like that a lot. That is but, he, he. He's an old friend. He's one of my oldest yeah, friends. Yeah, he's yeah. my oldest friend. Um, but yeah. ultimately, though, I did I I did really like how the Kylo Ren and Ray stories ended up. Like yeah. I I thought I thought M Driver was great in this mm-hmm. in this movie and. Um, that scene with Han Solo where I was a little shit. I was, you know, kind of like not sure about bringing him back. Mm-hmm. There's already so many ghosts in, in this movie. Yeah. I was kind of like, I don't know. You knew there was going to be a loot ghost. Leia was like basically a ghost. It was like, okay. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure if Han even was a ghost. Like we talked yeah, about this earlier today. Like, like we've never he, seen anyone that well, wasn't, didn't at, have the well, force. Ben Solo like says that he's a memory. Like he tells him to his face, like so. That was an inner monologue type. I think so. But that my my thing about sorry about that scene though, I think that scene worked great the way it is. Loved it, but also thinking about it today, that's definitely a scene that one hundred percent was written for Carrie Fisher. That was right. that was supposed to be her scene, right? Like because right. she dies right then, so it would totally make sense for her to show up and have a okay. real moment with yeah. her. Yeah, mm-hmm. but, but why, just couldn't do it. So but what did you guys Han think Solo. of of her in this movie? I thought she looked really good and she sounded really good. I didn't have any problems with her. I mean, that's that's that was really her. Right, the, the, all of that was filmed. I think. I mean, I'm speculating, but I think all oh, that was filmed all, from all the of last scenes were like cobbled together yeah. from deleted footage from the other movies. Ryan Johnson was all about like. I remember when oh. the last Jedi came out, and he was like, "I had all this footage of Carrie Fisher because he was tempted to just kill her off in that moment." 
like when when the shit blew up uh-huh. and it was like she died why didn't you just let her die you uh-huh. know and a lot of people still complain about that I have uh-huh. kids in class complaining about that to me today yeah. and he was like well I had all this footage of Carrie Fisher doing good stuff doing uh-huh. good work yeah. why would I just kill her off when I could yeah. tell That's more not her story, story with her yeah. you know and so I think what happened was they took that footage from the last movie and just like hmm. put the, it in another movie yeah and like you know, built scenes around the stuff they had of her huh yeah so I, I don't think like I could be wrong uh, there might be some like you know, CGI finagling. Uh-huh. But I think in general, that's really her, not like them making a facsimile of her. Right. Hmm. That totally makes sense about Hans, yeah. about Harrison Ford, though. Definitely. So, like, that, it's another one of those things yeah. where, like, it totally is a messy, weird yeah. patchwork. Movie. I love I love the dialogue there. And that's yeah. part of it where, like, he, go, he goes, you know, Kylo Ren's dead. I'm talking to Ben Solo. Yeah. And, like, then it cuts to Adam Driver, and I'm like, Yep, like just look at Adam Driver's face. Yeah. Like, he's emotional. Like yeah. that's uh, that is Ben Solo right there. That's not Kylo Ren anymore. Like, yeah. And you could just see it. Yeah. So I mean, I I liked all of that. I yeah. really was into Kylo Ren's arc, and yeah. um, I didn't love that Ray was Palpatine, but I also liked what she went through, yeah. and the ultimate conclusion that they all came to. I thought that was a pretty good story. Yeah. Like, I, I was into all of that. Again, um, like. Return of the Jedi style, like, to, to kind of go along with, like, what you're saying about, like, how they're just kind of, like, going places and doing a bunch of stuff, and it's, like, fun to watch, but also not necessarily very moving all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, I think this movie also, uh, none of the characters besides Rey and, and Kylo Ren have arcs or emotional through lines. They're all just, like doing stuff and accomplishing things and saying exposition and like mm-hmm. you know making friends but like we even like find out more about Poe's backstory and like see more of his real life mm-hmm. but he doesn't like go through anything in the movie right. really yeah. you know like right. he's the same guy throughout. he's the same guy he becomes like the head of the the entire fleet right he and does have, he does have a little bit of character stuff in that where he's like he's like I really thought they were gonna show up and then they showed up, you know, yeah. but like his, his faith wavered a little bit, but it wasn't like an arc. Yeah. Um, I was really kind of hoping he was going to, um, you know, end up with Finn at the end. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. They, they seem to have a lot of chemistry between the three movies. <laughs> I, I, so I was kind of hoping that it was going to be like, Hey, can I kiss you? And she was like, no. Nah. And he's like, okay, well I'll kiss him. Then. <laughs> <laughs> no, <I'm> gonna... <laughs> um, yeah. I feel like both of them are, like, so, like, upsettingly charismatic that I feel like they are flirting or in love with everybody (laughs) and vice versa. (laughs) Like, anytime anyone's talking to Finn or Poe, I'm like, Uh. they're about to make out. (laughs) So, like, which, that that was actually, that's one of my other, like, big complaints is uh, Rose Tico from The Last Jedi. Yeah, like that sucks. Well, I thought it was a really fun character, really interesting, a great like companion to Finn, uh, and like they end on this kiss, which is kind of surprising in in the Last Jedi. It's like, oh, I I didn't know if I necessarily saw that coming. It felt like it that kiss felt like it was more of Rose kissing him and. 
him being like, oh, I wasn't even thinking about you that way. Yeah. But it was yeah. like, it was interesting. Though. Yeah. It, was and like, oh. it, was, it's, it felt like a genuine moment. Yeah. And then, it, so we go from that to like, she's still around, but now she's like not part of the, she's not part of the club anymore. Uh-huh. Right. And it, like, hey, last chance to get on the Falcon. Nah, I'm going to stay here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, uh, you know, the Star Wars fan base, they got real pissed at me in the last movie, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I got off social media because of it. Toxic, toxic fan base. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm going to be in this movie, but like, over on <laughs> I'm the not going to do anything you know? that's going to piss anyone off. Yeah. I'll just, so... I'll exist here, and I'll look at computers. Uh, yeah. It sucks. Like, like, that, that sucks pretty hard. Like, but then, Dominic I, Moynihan. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. Uh... What was he doing in that movie? <laughs> yeah, when he showed up, it was very surprising. It's like, yeah, Dominic Moynihan. Weird. Charlie? Oh, that's why I did Fellowship of the Ring, too. I don't know. That's why you did Lost. I did both. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the fact that she was still in it, but they're, you don't get a beat on their relationship. Like, they still just seem like, all right, we are pals. We both love... Hanging out in this forest and kind of talking to each other sometimes. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, he goes off, and there's, yeah, there's like, there's always been like some tension between Finn and Ray, and maybe some tension between Finn and Poe. And then he meets that other ex stormtrooper, and it's like, oh, maybe they are a thing. And then at the end, it's like, nope, we didn't really think of a story for Finn. He's just mm. a cool guy. He's <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. just a cool guy, and now he has even cooler hair. Yeah, yeah. that's what's like such a bummer to me, is that like I I felt like he went through a lot in The Last Jedi, and I felt like he went through a pretty big character arc. I was just like, I was just talking to Derek about this on Lairboxd, and he was saying that he felt like Finn didn't do anything in The Last Jedi. And I'm like, well, I felt like he did a bunch, you know? I felt like he actually went through a pretty serious arc. I really feel like he didn't do anything in this movie, you know, yeah. like really mm-hmm. nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And there's the whole thing of like, they try and drop this thing of like, he wants to tell something to Ray right before he dies. And yeah. They, they never really I get think, back to I that. I think it's that he has the force. I think it is too, but. They didn't really talk about though. Yeah. Like, like they, yeah. they plant that seed and then they're like, this seed will grow eventually. Well, they, they got that whole thing where Poe's going, what? Like you, you know something that Ray knows. Yeah, I do. I think it's the Force, but yeah, they don't really go too hmm. far into it. Yeah, like it's yeah, it's a weird like moment of tension that is never really resolved, uh, and it's just like, oh, I guess that's that's your story is that you almost told Ray <laughs> you can kind of use the Force a little bit. <laughs> um, huh? And, yeah, uh, that's bizarre. I don't know, would they have cut the, that story out, or, it, but then leave know. that piece before they get sucked under? Because they clearly had enough time in the movie to, like, because it's not just that he almost gets sucked under, he, yeah. see, they talk about it when they get sucked under, and then later on they're about to get killed, and Poe's going, hey, so what were you going to tell Ray earlier? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. You didn't need to have any yeah. of that if you weren't going to pay it off. Yeah. Yeah. Especially because he has, like, not much else to do. Right. Anyway. Yeah. Messy movie. Um, Messy yeah. movie. Okay, so we need to wrap this up. Um, totally. Satisfying climax? I mean, that's the thing. It's like, okay, so it wraps up nine movies now. 
Yeah, okay, so the thing is, I think bringing back Palpatine is a weird choice, especially to do it in the opening crawl, again, uh-huh. in, like, kind of weird, disjointed conflict with previous movies, where they're just like, Palpatine's back, and... <laughs> yeah, that, let's I just, read that. Let's just dive I, into that. I read that and it didn't even register in my brain. I I full on read Palpatine. It nothing nothing happened in my yeah. head. And then I saw him. I'm like, oh, Palpatine's back. Yeah, it was so it was I so. Know, I read weird. the opening crawl and was just like, oh no. Yeah, <laughs> but, but that, here we go. That, <laughs> register as a possibility. That said, once, like, the climax kind of starts and it gets into, like, Rey and Kylo Ren there interacting with Palpatine, you kind of get a sense of his his plan that, like, this this is kind of this penultimate moment of, like, if he can if he can corrupt this one Jedi, like, make her give in to her hatred, I'm not even sure if it's, like, like, he says something about, like, if, if you do it, if you kill me in anger, then, like, I'll be able to possess you. So like either yeah. either I get to kill the entire like all of the rebels I'll successfully do that or you become a monster and there will be no more Jedi left. Mm-hmm. It's that's a pretty great like mm-hmm. you know rock in a hard place catch twenty two. It wasn't introduced then, until like the last twenty minutes of the movie. Yeah, and then it kind of resolves like well she doesn't like kill him kill him really he burns himself <laughs> up. Yeah, but. It's kind of just like they present this choice that she has to make, and then she doesn't make the choice, and uh-huh. then it still resolves. Yeah. So it's like it's like morally unsatisfying. Uh-huh. You know, you don't feel like yeah, she did the right thing. She found a way out of it. Uh-huh. She's just like, well, he just he he got so pissed he exploded, mm-hmm. and she lived happily ever after. But that could be a statement on like the hubris of the whole thing, right? The um. Because, uh, you know, he got too up in his own grill and, uh, you know, it all fell apart for him. Yeah. Um, um, but I do like, um, I know some people, how did you guys feel about the kiss? What kiss? Between Kylo Ren and Rey. Oh. I um, think it would have been better without it. Yeah. I thought it was fine. Yeah, it was I, fine. I, I was totally sold on it, but just other folks I've been talking. I guess to like I was, like, I was, I was, was I was good with it because I was kind of always, I kind of wanted them to get together, but I also couldn't imagine them being together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like I thought they had a lot of chemistry, so I was like, okay, like just because I've seen other movies when people have this much chemistry, it seems like they usually make out. Yeah, and get together, yeah, and that was you know? definitely and, in my head. Like, yeah, right, and so like just and so then when he saved her. And they're sitting that close. I was like, well, they got a kiss. Yeah. Like, this is like yeah. what happens in movies. And then they kissed. And I was like, okay. And then he died. And I was like, oh. Yeah. Interesting choice, actually. Yeah. Like, I thought that was maybe one of the most interesting things that happened in the movie. Yeah. Yes, for me, it was just like, it would have been nice to not have, to have a relationship that doesn't have to have that type of. The, well, they the had that with the, everyone that Finn ever met. Yeah. Well, yeah, or Poe exactly. ever met too I exactly. guess That's yeah, I, like, guess, yeah. I guess is why I want Poe and Finn to make out yeah. <laughs> I think I think the reason it worked for me is because it was it was like less sexy than it was like uh, like they just understood each other yeah and they kind of had this passing moment of like 
like we did it like we we saved each other and the galaxy but also like you know it's it's not meant to be it still is this sort of right. tragic thing right. but also the very final moment where she like talks with you know she's talking with the lady on Tatooine and like you know you can see it coming from a mile away but mm-hmm. still like when she like says like her last name is Skywalker I think that is obviously like a tribute to like Luke and Leia who were these parental figures to her but also I think it's kind of like she took his name mm-hmm. like like mm-hmm. they didn't have the chance for like an actual relationship but I, I like the idea that it was like we are both finally on the level and like through this thing and like we could have been together if things were different right. but instead she she takes his name which also along with like forcing her to be a palpatine in this one it it, it is a, again another weird back and forth of like she's nobody oh she's a palpatine but she's choosing not to be a palpatine she's choosing to be a skywalker yeah that, that still <laughs> is something you know i don't it's kind of a muddled message about like the whole idea uh-huh. of like you can whether be, or not you're somebody or whether right. or not your bloodline matters because ultimately she does sort of make the choice of like I want to be a Skywalker right and ultimately and, you can be whoever you want to be I think yeah. is what it's trying to say but and I also like the idea of there were rumors going around that like maybe Skywalker is going to be like the terminology for like the new like Jedi, yeah, the new force for justice in the world. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's and, and I kind of like that idea, and I think that kind of jives with this. Again, you kind of have to do the legwork, but I like the mm-hmm. idea that she's she's the last Jedi, she's the only Skywalker, right? But she's not, you know, that she chose that for herself, and I feel like other people, you know, there's it still has that Star Wars feeling of like there's more stuff out here. This universe is not over. And it's fun to imagine a world where people are like, I want to be a good person. I want to be a Skywalker. Right. Mm. So. On that note, I think we should wrap it up. Yeah. Mm. So, um, hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's Star Wars. That's Star Wars. Star Wars. uh, Skywalker series. If you've never seen them, check them out. (laughs) Uh, Filled with spoilers on this episode if you've been listening to that. But if not, I mean, uh, give us some feedback. Um, let us know uh, what you think. If you disagree with us, uh, we love talking. I'm sure you do. Yeah, I mean, we've got a lot of thoughts, but I think you know, I think we uh, covered a lot of bases here. If you and, disagree uh, with me, I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, All I want to do is talk about movies. Yeah. So I mean, hit us up. We're on Letterboxd. Get on Letterboxd if you're not on it, and mm-hmm. uh, go see Star Wars. Let us know what you think. Um, like and subscribe. Um, Have a great night.